behind by Harold. Set, they're scrambled, usually get a good look at it. Shots blocked by Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Rookie against rookie. Patrick Beverly joins us on SportsCenter. He plays on the best team in L.A. Great five seconds. Zimmer's bringing in. Five seconds to go. Tie game. Seat belts are fastened. Lou Williams for the win. Welcome to the Clippers Pulse Podcast. As usual, it's your host, Adam. I'm joined today with my good friend, Brendan, from King's Pulse. That's me. Hello, hello. And we've got a special guest today. Welcome, Clipper Daryl. What? How are you feeling? We're one more day away from the first game against Golden State. Man, I'm feeling fantastic, man. This team right here is so unbelievable, man. You know? And, you know, with Patrick Beverly, man, leading the, leading the defense, man... And we got Shea Gilchrist, Alexander, my rookie of the year. They leading the offense, baby. Hey, man, I'm feeling good about this series. You think we're going to steal a game or two? Hey, man, when you talking about stealing the game, man, hey, I'm shooting for the, I'm shooting for the talk. We stealing the series, baby. <laughs> That's the, the way championship we like or bust. That's what we like to hear. So what's your predictions for tomorrow night? Say what? What's your prediction for tomorrow night? You know what though? I don't do the predictions. I don't I don't even you know, when it comes to playoffs, you know, it's gonna take we we're gonna take one game at a time. If them guys come out and play like they've been doing, you know, before, if Doc goes and be the coach of the year like he was you know, prior to prior to April though, I I'm not gonna worry about April's record. I'm talking about March on back. Man, I feel I feel endless endless man we can win 16 we can get 16 wins man and bring bring us home some because you gotta know once you know how to play this game when you learn this game this game comes easy to you it don't matter if your name is Kobe Bryant if your if your name is Patrick Beverly once you know how to shoot the ball and play defense you can win yeah man I'm agreeing with you uh I think we're gonna do really well Shay I'm really putting some hope on Shea and Shamit at the moment. Shamit looked great against the Warriors in the last game earlier in the week. Yep. Brendan, exactly. what do you think about Shamit? Yeah, I think Shamit, I mean, he did a great job in Philadelphia. It was a great trade for you guys since you're probably not going to bring Tobias back. It's crazy that you guys have the only two rookies in the league that are really even contributing on a playoff team, and they're both actually starting for you too. Exactly, and and that's what makes this team so so good. Shannon reminds me so much of JJ Reddick, yeah, and um, and Richard Hamilton. Remember, they're coming off through screens. They can shoot. They can fly. They can run. And Shannon plays defense. So I'm 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 very proud of these guys, man. See, we as fans, we get caught up. We get caught up in the hype with the big names, man. The Russell Westbrook, the James Harden, the you know the Chris Paul. You can't. We can't get caught up. The, the LeBron James. You can't get caught up in the names anymore. You got to get, get caught up. Let's get caught up on how these teams play, man. How how these teams are well coached, you know, to win, man. You know, because you got to remember, there's 450 guys in the NBA, and all of them was high school and college senior. So let's go out here and play this game, man. The game that we love to, to watch, man, and cheer our team on, you know, to a good series. Yeah, I've got really high hopes for this series. I was actually looking at some statistics today for when we, the stats over every game this season versus Golden State. 
And looking at Shea, he's averaging 14.3 points against Golden State over the four games in the regular season. He's also mm-hmm. shooting over 50% from the field. So I think he's going to be a really solid option, especially early on before they have chance to really scheme against him later in the series. Exactly. That, you know, but the thing is, if you play the if you play the game right, there's nothing a person can do. You come off a screen, people can you can't stop a screen. You might, but if the screens are hard. That's what that's why people win games. That's how other teams win. That's why um, uh, the Spurs win games. You see, so you know we just gotta play. You know we just gotta play Clippers basketball, man, and man, and let and let them guys go out there and have fun, man. Who do you who do you think that they put Beverly on? Because I've heard talks of them throwing him on Durant a little bit, but then who do you got for Steph? I mean, is that Shea? What what do you think defense kind of looks like? Man, you know what? Honestly, more than likely they're gonna put him on Steph to start him off. They're gonna definitely put him on Steph. I, I think they're gonna start him off on Steph. But you know, Patrick Patrick ain't scared of nobody. So yeah. to me. To me, I just feel like we got Gallinari. Gallinari can stick Durant. Um, he's a big body, you know what I'm saying? So Durant would have to shoot over him. So I just believe, I, I believe what's going to happen is they're going to do a lot of uh, switching. A lot of, you know, I don't think, you know, well, you just stick with Steph Curry. No. It's like everybody's going to be sharing sharing the routine. You know, you're going to have Shannon on him. You're going to have Shane on him. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great, it's going to be a great series, man. A great defensive series, and we we just can't can't let him get out and, and do that uh, ripping and running. But the funny thing that that, that I see though is that the uh, Warriors is number one in the three point shooting, but guess who's number two? The Clippers, baby. Exactly. So this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun to watch, man. And yeah, do you think and... Lou's gonna start, or do you think Lou's gonna come off the bench as he has done the rest of the season? You you gotta bring them off the bench. You can't you can't throw the offense off like that. You can't change up for the playoffs. Do not if he does that, he's gonna throw everybody rhythm up. Lou always came off the bench. Montrez always came off the bench. Those are energy guys. Those are the ones that the offense is not doing it in the starters. You know you got Montrez and, and Lou coming off the bench, man. That's gonna you know that's gonna bring up the slack. So no, you you gotta keep the lineup the way it's been the way he's been doing it all season. And then with Trez and Zubak as your two bigs, I mean, Zubak could really get bodied by like a boogie. You think that, like like you said, you, you think you keep the starting lineup the same, but is Trez getting a good amount more minutes than Zubak, you feel like? Uh, you know, I think they don't get equal minutes. I, I just feel, man, it just depends on, it just depends if, if the game is a run and gun game. It depends on how tired you are. If it's a half court game. So you got you got we got to sit back and, and see. You know, but Zubac definitely, I mean, Zubac, he has a low post too, so they're definitely going to share time. Yeah, I'm happy to see them share the court at some point as well. I think that would actually help, especially when Draymond and DeMarcus are both on. Exactly. You know, now, I'm not scared of Draymond. I'm not scared of DeMarcus. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get frustrated because when they're not making shots and you're playing hard defense against them, they get frustrated. Those are the two guys that, that we can end up getting technical fouls for them getting kicked out the game, man. We can move on, man, and get a move on from the series. Yeah, and the Clippers, their number one asset going into this series is their defense. 
So if we can just start throwing their rhythm off early in the game, then we can kind of assert our will moving into the later quarters of the game. Yeah, defense win championships. You know that. Yeah, and like I, I looked at the Warriors stats against the Clippers this year. Steph and Clay both shoot ten percent worse against this Clipper team from beyond the arc. Like if you can slow down those three point shots, especially from those two, like you're saying, man, defense wins championships. That could take you a long way. Your perimeter defense, no joke. Exactly. So that's all. That, that's all we got to do. You know, just play the game the right way. Play the game you love, man. And we're going to have fun, and we're going to enjoy We're gonna enjoy this ride, man. I'm, not, I'm honestly, man, this is the first season being a Clipper fan that I'm not I'm not scared. I'm not going, oh, man, we, we're out of here. Everybody commented us out. Like, everybody said we're going to win 33 games this year. What will we do? Then everybody said we wasn't going to make the playoff. What did we do? Now everybody's saying we're going to get swept. You know, hey, you know, Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, Daryl, whenever I come over to LA and I'm at a Clippers game and you're there, it always makes it so much more entertaining. Thank you so much, man. I definitely appreciate that, you know. <laughs> it's some funny memories. I was at a Wizards game, actually, earlier this year. I flew out for that game. And uh, mm-hmm. I just remember Bradley Beal being at the free throw line and you just harassing him for both free throws. He made them, but it, it just kept me entertained the entire way through. Yeah, that's my, you know, those my, those my guys, man. I've been, I've been messing with these guys for years, man. And, you know, it, it, it's just so much fun, man, the interaction that they give me, man, during that first half, man. You know, you know, with James Harden and Chris Paul. Chris Paul, I just did Chris Paul the other day and he, in his chest and showed me love and raised his hands, raised his fist up in the air at me. You know, so I, that's when you know you're doing the right thing, man. When the players acknowledge you, you know, that's when you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah, that's for sure. It is fun. I wasn't actually sitting too far away from you and it just kept me, it was just funny to watch. And every time I'm in the stadium, if you're there too, you just keep me entertained during the quieter points in the game. Cool, man. I definitely appreciate that, man. I, I, I just, you know, I've been like this since the fourth grade, man. I just don't like a quiet arena. I just don't like, you know, I, I don't like people sitting on their hands, man. I want, I want to have fun. I want to get this crowd hyped up, man, and cheer this team on, man, to a, a great, great, great season. So as I mentioned before we started the podcast, uh, I was putting some mailbag questions out on Reddit. So I'm going to fire mm-hmm. a few of these off for you, and then uh, we'll just see where that takes us. So the first one is from Aldudarino underscore 92. And he's asking, (laughs) (laughs) great name. Did you have any expectations that were either exceeded or on par or that have surprised you through the season? Man, I'm going to tell you, man. Honestly, I did not believe this team could make the playoffs. I did not think this team could be good. I had a talk with uh, Sam Cassell and Corey Maggetti. And they told me to believe. They told me, man, don't don't count these guys out, man. These guys play hard. Patrick Beverly's a beast. And then I got a, my buddy named Matt, and he told me he's a he's a he's a high school guy, and he used to coach. And he told me he said, man, the way this the way this lineup is, man, I you know don't count them out. So five games in, I said, oh, Jerry West. I, and then about twenty games in, I said, man, look at this. Then when Tobias got player of the week, and then he got player of the month, and then Tak, Doc turned around 
and got player uh, coach of the month. I said, "Oh shoot, man, we got a we got a team, baby. Let's go!" <laughs> and hey, I thought I thought they was gonna fall off, man. But hey, I'm so proud of these guys, man. They 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 give it they all every single night, man. I don't care if we down by thirty. They give it they all, man, and try to fight back every single night, man. That's what I love. That's what I love about this team. That's why I don't believe this team. I be- this is the first team that I can ever say, and I look that we made the playoffs and say, I don't care who we match up against, because these guys are not scared of nobody. We we beat the best, you know. So you know, so nothing nothing surprises me. And the, and the good thing about it, man, with no egos and no expectations. It made the season a whole lot easier too, you know. And then being in LA, you know, LA's our way now. So you know, to, to make the playoffs, and the, you know, the Clippers are in, the Lakers are out. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> so the next question I have for you is from Free BZ, and he's saying, mm-hmm. "Can you please ask Clipper Daryl what was the what was he thinking wearing purple and gold that one time?" You know, me and LeBron, you know, me, me and LeBron just had a joke between the, the two of us, man. I was just having fun between me and LeBron, man. I didn't think it was going to go viral like that. And uh, that picture, that picture that y'all saw was was uh, was Photoshopped, okay? So I don't have a purple and gold suit. Everybody be thinking, I got a purple and gold suit hanging in my closet. No, it was Photoshopped. The guy that Photoshopped it did a, a great job doing it. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I like to have fun. And interacting with the players, man. I do a lot of charity stuff out here. I do a lot of charity events, host a lot of events for a lot of the guys, you know. And all of them are not Clippers. So when you get to meet them and they get to see who you are, be, be beyond basketball, behind the arena, you know, you become friends. So I was just bored one. I was just bored on the Fourth of July and just put the tweet out, and uh, and it went viral, man. And you know, but hey. And I bleed. I live and I drive red, white, and blue. Don't worry, baby. He's also asking about what the offer was that Mark Cuban made you to be the Mavs super fan. What? What? Excuse me. What? Oh, what offer? You know, when when I left Dallas, me and Mark shook hands and said, "Baby, we had never discussed the amount, anything about the about the situation." You know what I'm saying? And I just let it go, man. Mark's a great dude. He's a great owner. Uh, my heart. My heart just wasn't going to Dallas. It's, it's not about it's, it's not about the money. It's about the respect and the love you have for your team. I gravitated to the Clippers, man, 20, 26 seasons ago because I got fired from a job, and a guy told me I never amount to anything in life. And they said the same thing about the Clippers, how they are horrible. They are never amount to anything. So I said, this is going to be my team, and we're going to ride and die together. So I don't see me cheering for no other team. So that's pretty much how you became a Clippers fan. Yes. And you've been, have you always been a season ticket holder? Yeah, I've been a season ticket holder since um, 2000, for 19 seasons, for the last 19 seasons. And uh, I've only missed two games in 19, two home games in 19 seasons. Wow. You really are the super fan. (laughs) So. Moving on to some more questions. There's not that many actually left. So another question is, and this is kind of pertinent due to the fact that I'm from the UK, is do you have any idea why there seems to be so many international Clipper fans 
And this one was put in by Tron One Love Carter, as he feels there's uh, a sizable number of fans worldwide compared to other teams which have larger local fan bases. I just feel the international is like first of all when y'all come out here, when when people come out here from Japan, Argentina, uh, everybody they enjoy they enjoy a clever game because they gravitate because of the way the uh, the fans are. The enjoyment of the game itself, and they're having fun. You know, it seems like we're having fun. You know, the Lakers are, 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 are really basically a Hollywood team. So people sit on their hands; they don't cheer until the last five minutes of games. So I think it's just the fun aspect of it and the enjoyment. And and when they go back home, when they go back home, they just they just keep that feeling that they had coming here. Man, I get a lot of. I take I take it probably. I get a lot of love from Argentina. Actually, I want to go Argentina, Australia, Japan, and China shows me a lot of love, man. And I think I want to visit them four places soon. Yeah, whenever I get to go down to to SoCal, it's always always a Clipper game over a Laker game. I mean, the tickets are cheaper, too. You know, that definitely helps. Do you worry about, like, come playoffs, that there's going to be a whole lot of Warrior fans in that stadium? Hey, if if you if you follow me on Instagram, I just I just called out all the season ticket holders, all the Clippers season ticket holders, man, not to sell their tickets, man, to these playoffs, because I don't want I don't want you know if they you already have an advantage going into Oracle Arena. I don't want Staples Center to become Oracle Arena. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that's that's my biggest problem, man, and that's what I am definitely afraid of. That you know. And uh, so I just don't. I just don't want to. I just don't want to see them. I just don't. I just don't want that to happen. But you know, when you can have a ticket that you paid a hundred dollars for and sell it for four hundred dollars, you know, triple your money, sometimes quadruple your money. You know, you're going to do it. So there's nothing that nobody can do about it. Yeah, and there are a lot of. I saw this posted the other day as well, saying there are a lot of Warriors fans actually in and around LA which is also a problem, especially with a playoff game like this where the teams are so close together? People pe- people just become Warrior fans because they're winning. It's all about winning, man. You know, you can... Um, people could talk all the best they want, but winning, winning, winning is always the craziest thing, man. Now, because nobody was worried about the Warrior fans. There wasn't no Warrior fans out here, man, when they was losing. In 2014, when we beat the Warriors, they it was not one. It ain't wasn't a Warriors fan, but now all of a sudden, now they won a couple of three championships. Now it's a, they come out the woodwork, man. So it's always fair weather fans, man. You know, and it's, it's always going to be like that in sports, man. People just going to you know uh, gravitate to a bandwagon, man. So you know, but it, it, it's fun. It's fun to see. It's fun to see, man. You know. You know. Um, you know, fandom fandom is, is wishy washy, man. It's fifty fifty, man. Some people support their teams to the fullest. Some people, you know, support their teams only when they win. That's how that's how fandom is, man. Everybody everybody's a fan in a whole different way. You know. Yeah, and these younger kids are now just fans of players. So they'll support whatever team player X is on. So LeBron. Yep. LeBron fans have been Cavs fans, Heat fans, Lakers fans. I just can't adapt to that sort of fandom. I'm a very one team guy. Yeah, cause my uh, yeah, cause my, my my son's a LeBron James fan. Wherever LeBron go, he go. He's 15 years old, and he uh, so he's 
you know, now he's a Laker fan. So it's like, you know, he's really not a Laker fan. He's a LeBron fan, wherever LeBron goes. So he's a huge LeBron fan. But, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of kids out here like that. Though. But I always tell the kids when I see them, that we, you know, and I talk with them, they say, I say, you can change. You can like three, four, five teams. But when you turn 18 years old, you got to make a choice. You're a kid now, but when you turn 18, you got to make a choice. I only cheer for one. So they, I, I have them laughing about it. So That's actually a good way of doing it. So <laughs> while we're talking about LeBron and the Lakers, what's your take on the Magic stepping down? Say that one more time. What's your take on Magic stepping down? Oh, man, that was horrible, man. He, that was a total disrespect, man, a slap in the face. Now, I don't, I don't care... What the what what a team what a team does does to you. I don't care what a team does to you. A, a, a an owner or whatever. The respect is you tell the person that you quit that you're leaving. Then you go public with it. You don't you do not go public with it. And then she has to find out through social media. That's the worst feeling you can ever have. I lost total respect for Magic Johnson for that one, man. You know he he was always upper echelon to me. You could have you could have just walked away and didn't even come back no more. I would have dealt with that better. But you don't you don't front nobody, man. Jeannie's a nice person, man. I've met I've I've had several conversations with Jeannie, man. I, you know I call her a friend of mine, man, because she is a nice, very very nice person, man. If you ever met her her daddy, Doctor Bus, you would think they're talking about two of the same people, man, because they you know they two peas in a pod, man. The nicest person you could ever meet. Now, business-wise, I don't know how she is on business. But you don't disrespect. It's just like when your co-host, right? Your co-host going to quit. Just quit. Just say, man, I quit. You ain't got to go public and let you find out later. If you're going to quit, then go public. That's one thing. But you ain't going to let the person know. You know, I don't care what he did to you. You know, the only way that a disrespect can be sleep with your wife or he beat your kids. That's, I mean, that's the only thing that I can think of. And, and Jimmy did do, didn't do neither one of them. So, that's how I felt about it. No, it is. It's really disrespectful the way he done it. And it's also kind of a slap in the face to the organisation. I feel LeBron must be a yeah. bit pissed as well. Yeah. Um, how do you feel it affects them moving forward into free agency? It's going to affect them big time. Because no, no free agent now wants to go to a confused franchise. Yeah, which is... You know, would you... Go ahead, sorry. Would you... No, I mean, not would you? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, would you would you want to go to a, a a job where it's confusion? Come on. Talking of confused franchises, the other franchise with the cap space this year is New York, which is also terribly run. So, do you feel mm-hmm. like that gives the Clippers the advantage when talking to these free agents? You you uh, we got Jerry West, so that's who we got. And that's what people believe in. People believe in that logo. So when you got Jerry West talking to these kids, all you got to do is honor his wishes, and it's going to be it's going to be a okay, man. So when it comes to free agency, man, I'm gonna we you can give me a call after the, after the playoffs, and then we can talk about free agency. Then okay, I can tell you so what I'm going to do. I'll hold you to that. Yeah, that's no problem. So do you worry about Jerry West hopping to the other side of L.A. at all with a new opening there, like getting a bigger position? I just feel Bomber gave him Bomber gave him two years, $10 million, right? Bomber's not letting him go. 
they can offer them ownership. They can Lakers can offer them whatever. I think Bombers would give them a percentage of the, of the team. I don't see why he, why he wouldn't. What, what Jerry West has done in the last two seasons that he's been here is unbelievable, man. The respect. We, we, we have a better respect, even from the media now a little bit. They don't talk about us that much, but they, we have a respect still. You know what I'm saying? So now we're in the playoffs, they have to talk about us. No, I'm, I'm hoping Jerry stays as well. I feel that him him and I said this on a podcast actually earlier this week that the structure that's in place at the moment for the Clippers is the best possible structure you can have from top to bottom on the organization. Mhm. I agree with you. So you say you said you got shy as your rookie of the year, right? Uh-huh. Who uh what other rookies around the league you been liking? Nobody. None at all. <laughs> if you ain't on my team, as a, as a, no, honestly though, man, Trey, Trey, Trey Young, and and, and Dodgers, man, they're, they're showboats. But the, the the problem that I have with them is that their team is not in the playoffs. So how are you going to give it to a how are you going to give it to a player because just because they shoot the three and you know? But one reporter told me, and uh, you know, don't ask me his name because I can't. I, I don't even really, and. uh very, yeah, he, he's an ex-NBA player, too. Now, he, now he's on TV. And he told me, he said, Duro, but when, when them guys got the game on the line, who do you go to? I had to think about that. I was like, wow, that is true. Because Shea don't, Shea don't shoot the game winning shots. Yeah. But to me, he's still my rookie of the year, man. You know, he's definitely, he's definitely show, shown class, respect. He's just not flamboyant. He's just not out there. He reminds me so much of Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston was that dude that was just get the job done. He was a hard hat, lunch pail type of guy, man. And he had fun doing it. Yeah, he's got that length and the height for a point guard. I see that comparison a little bit. And so I'm guessing that you think this guy's an all-star one day, right? Is he the future leader of this team? Yep. Okay. And how do you see Shamit developing? Oh man, he's gonna be—he's he, gonna be outstanding. It would—it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he's an All Star next year, honestly. And he's definitely gonna be in the three point contest next season for All Star Weekend. Yeah, his three point statistics are crazy this season, especially since he moved yeah. over to the Clippers. Yeah, because what you have to do—you have to utilize guys' abilities and strengths strength and not their weaknesses. So when you when you got a guy that has a good strength here and a guy that, that has a weakness here, you gotta mesh them together, man. And people people don't understand that's where coaching comes in at. And that's where the ability to read to read guys and having Jerry West over there talking talking to talking to Doc and putting all this stuff together and having Sam Cassell over there and having Rex Kalamian as a defensive guy as as his lead assistant. Makes the game. I mean, makes the uh, situation more, more, more fun, man. You know. Yeah, I mean, the guy's hitting forty-five percent from free. That's definitely partly due to the schematics of what Ducks put in place. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then, man. We go. And then, kind of like how they play. I mean, do you think that there's there's things you need to change? Obviously, you're going to make some adjustments when you go into a playoff series based on what the other teams get at. But is it just? you play the best version of your ball or is there things that you got to switch up a little bit going against two-time defending champions? You can't, you can't, you know, you know what, you know what the problem with, 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 with basketball is people overthink it. 
people watch too much film. It's not like football, you know. So you can't overthink the game. Yeah. KD's going to score his points. Steph is going to score their points. The point is, is that you have to set yourself up to score your points and put the best people on the floor to score. You can't put five defensive guys on it that, 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 that can't score for you because you're trying to stop the ball. You got to have at least three shooters, at least three shooters on the floor at all, at, a, at all times, at least three. So, you know, I, I believe, I, I honestly, man, I honestly believe in this team, man, and I can believe we could be a, we we could do an upset. I'm like uh, this would be the biggest upset, you know what I'm saying? Because Vegas got us got us at five thousand to one to beat the win the series. Yeah, I mean the Warriors just wore their we believe jerseys against you. Turn it right back on them. Exactly, we <laughs> believe, baby. And do you think that Duck's going to shorten his rotation come playoff time? Because there has been no. talk that he's going to run with the exact same rotation he has now. I don't. I don't see. I, I see he's going to run with at least a nine-man rotation. At least you got to. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't. You, you know. You know. You don't want to put too much pressure on guys that you've been playing all year. Now you don't play them. Now you got guys that's disgruntled. If you play me all season, why can't why can't I play in the playoffs? So I don't see that. I think Doc is going to go with at least with a nine to a ten-man rotation easy. Yeah, I agree. I think having the players that got you there still participating in any form is going to be the best for chemistry-wise because otherwise exactly. there's this content in the locker room which can bleed over onto the court. Man, you just don't know. That's how it is. Yeah, and you talked about who's the closer of the team. I mean, it's got to be Lou Will, right? After after what he's done this year, he's hit a couple big shots. I mean, comes up clutch. That, that's got to be the guy, right? You. Him and Gallo, maybe. I'm gonna tell you, any anybody could be a anybody on this team could close anybody. I feel, I feel, I feel Shea could close it. I feel uh, Montrez Hero can close. It. You know, it just depends on how many seconds are left on the clock. You know, I feel if you put anybody in this position, like any, like any given day, anybody on this team could lead, lead in scoring. That's what happens. That's why we've been winning games because they've been sharing the ball. The one thing that I love about this team that I see. That after every game, they always put, hold their hands up in the air and goes family. At the end of the day, family. That's what it's all about. And then when you, when, that's what you're fighting for. You're fighting for your brothers and sisters. You're fighting for your brothers, man, to win a game. That's all it is. And then, do you got anything planned for this series specifically? Like you got, you got a certain certain shit talking. You're gonna aim at some of these warrior guys, or is it just another another series for you? It's another series. It just, you know, I'm an ad libber, so I don't go with, I don't have like strategies and stuff like that. I just go with what people give me, and that's how I go with it, man. But I definitely be there. Be definitely be there early for the pre games, um, and I just wanna, I just wanna support this team, man, and, and 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 win. Yeah. And with Lou, do you feel like Lou's done enough to be six man of the year again? Oh yeah, definitely. I'll be back out there for my yeah. for my bubblehead again. I came all the way out there yeah, just to get that I, Lou Will bubblehead. Yeah, I said Lou, sixth man of the year. Montrez Harold, most improved player of the year. Um, Patrick Beverly, uh, defensive player of the year. Shake Gilchrist Alexander, rookie of the year. And uh, Danilo Gallinari, MVP! 
<laughs> no bias Maybe finals at all, right? MVP. Huh? No bias at all, right? That That's just facts. Yeah, that's just facts for me, man. That's how it is, man. So Brendan's you know. a Kings fan, so Brendan's got his own rookie of the year in mind. It's true. Hey, I got a question for you since he's revealing my, my fandom over here. Y- you <laughs> sound like you, you really like Beverly, of course. I mean, or maybe you don't want to answer. You say you don't want to talk the future, but you think Beverly's coming back? Like, I mean, of course you'd want him, but like I, I, everybody probably wants Beverly on their team. I, that's my number one guy for the Kings this offseason. It's just, it's just that how much money they're going to offer him. That's, that's the key. It's going to be, you know, that's that's what the that's what it's going to come down to. And I believe, I believe this series is the one that's going to make Patrick Beverly his check. This is going, this is going to make or break Patrick Beverly. Yeah, because Beverly hasn't earned a lot of cash during. Well, he has, but in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of NBA earnings, he's actually only earned around about twenty five million dollars during his career. Yeah. So yeah, but. I think he, I think he can get a good payday. But how old is he though? I think what is he? But he's thirty, so yeah, he, he can get a, he can get he can get a good two three year deal. He's, I think I I can see somebody giving him anywhere between twelve to fifteen million dollars a year. Yeah, I was thinking about the same there. Yeah, Brendan's just hoping it's the Kings that give it to him. That, that's my hope, man. And, and I'm gonna argue with your with your Shea rookie, bro. I got I got Bagley all the way on that one. Hey, you know what though? I had a chance to interview Bagley, man, for my uh, for for uh, for a company, man. And uh, Bagley's a good dude, man. I I interviewed him. He's playing the Drew League out here before he okay. went to the before he went pro. And uh, it was a couple of years before year before he went pro, man. He's a good dude, though, man. I like it. If he if, if he got it, if he got it, it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me either. All right, cool. I, then we can both be happy with Bagley taking it. I'm good with that one. <laughs> no, nah, we ain't got, nah, nah, Shay gonna get it, but, you know, back, <laughs> if Bagley's a runner-up, I'm good. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, uh, second's all right with me. Look, we can be happy that they're all gonna make the all-rookie team. At least we can agree on that. There you go. Oh, yeah. Okay, we could agree. Okay, we could agree on that one. I'll do that one. All-rookie team, man. And just touching on the Kings while we've got Brendan on, um, how would you feel about Vlade sacking the coach yesterday? Oh, man. After the best season in over a decade. It's crazy. But then all these reports come out on this because he's got disagreements with management. That he wanted to trade Buddy before the season started. That he didn't, he didn't like Bagley. He wanted to take Luka. He didn't believe in Giles. So, like, there was just things going on behind the scenes. He just hoped that. They don't screw this up because they got the young core going on with Fox, Buddy, Bagley, Giles, all that. So, I, I don't know. I feel like Vlade made some good moves, getting rid of Boogie, brought in Buddy. There's been nice signings in the offseason that you kind of just got to trust them a little bit right now. And, I mean, yeah, and I think that they're talking about Luke Walton a lot. You think that Luke is out in L.A.? They got they, they, they need an escape goat. So what's going to happen is yeah. they got to find some people. So that's what they're going to do. You know, so you know, you know. You, and I think you know, I think Luke's a good coach. Like I think it's unfair. Like you said, it's a scapegoat, but I think it's unfair to put it on him. There are so many injuries. There's the AD drama. All these young guys are going to hear this. You know, they're on social media, and it's just like it's unfair to put that all on Luke. I said this to you I've yesterday, been, Brendan. I've, I've I said that Walton actually fits the Kings really well. 
But that's yeah, what made me. That's, I, I what, look. that's what gave me a second opinion on how how uh, I was I was thinking of uh, looking at Doc because I used to I I didn't like Doc for a second there. You know, when because of the way he you know, he grew up, but then at the end of the day, you know, it, people gotta blame somebody. Yeah. Okay, so that pretty much That's wraps us up for today. Daryl, is there anything you want to cover before we end? Oh no, man! Whatever you want to do, baby. So let's just end with a little, um, little. Have you got a little story about your favorite? NBA player that you interact with regularly? Hey, I, I interact with all of them, so don't let them, let them, let them surprise me, man. But you know, my best interaction was with Kobe Bryant, man. At the end of the year, when, uh, when Kobe retired and he said he was going to miss Clipper Durham, it was priceless for me, man. You know, he said it on ESPN, on national TV, and it was, it was a situation where, you know, he was like, hey, I think the leader, you know. <laughs> yeah, that must have been awesome. Okay. Alright, well thank you for coming on, Daryl. It's been great having you on and I'll hold you to that to get you back on at the end of the playoffs before free agency. Oh yeah, definitely, man. We are. Awesome. Thanks All again, right. bro. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. I'm rooting for you. And you guys have been listening to Clippers Pulse Podcast. Catch us again later this week.